0: And with podcasting specifically, it does keep that intimate relationship because a lot of the topics that I do talk about are things that either, A, I started talking about in my broadcast channel on Instagram and leveraging audio marketing because it's only going to get bigger and having a place to really stretch it out. Or it's maybe a conversation that I've had with a client that someone who isn't in a paid container needs to hear that conversation. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle with podcasting is because you're no longer speaking at someone, you're speaking to someone without them physically being there, which can be hard.
1: Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tradewell, founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. This is the online creator podcast episode 47 and today I get to speak with Megan Lamley. Megan is a corporate dropout turned multiple six-figure business owner, and after taking the last $200 to her bank account, she was able to create a multi six-figure business in her first year. She learned the power of sales, and Megan has taught sales to over 200 entrepreneurs in the last three years of business, and has had $100,000 launches. She has eight years of experience in sales, and Megan knows how to blend the power of sales, psychology, and behavioral economics to teach entrepreneurs how to scale their business and master their own sales. In today's conversation, we dive into some of the best sales strategies and advice for someone who wants to breathe new life into their offers, some common mistakes or missed opportunities that she has seen others do in this online space. And she also talks to us about some forecasting trends, which I always love chatting to Megan about because honestly, she is a wealth of knowledge in the sales and marketing space. If you're a newbie or someone that has been in the space for a while and just needs to maybe up their sales and marketing game, Megan is the person to turn to. Welcome Megan to the show today. Hey, Megan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to get into all things sales and marketing that you are such a guru at. But before we do, welcome.
0: I am so excited to be
1: here. Yes, it's been uh, way too long since we've connected. So this is so fantastic. I love opening up the conversation with how have you leveraged your voice to build your business and brand? And maybe it's been a bit of a journey. Take us take us down. memory lane
0: I mean it depends on how long you have we could talk about the (laughs) fact that I started talking at like eight months and have yet to shut up so when I told my parents I started my own podcast my parents they're divorced they kind of nodded and said yeah that makes sense the business story is in 2019 it was a burnt out virtual assistant OBM social media manager mix and I had watched a coach watch a program and I was like well I got two hundred dollars and i don't know what this is going to pan out to be but i'm i'm just going to go ahead and do it you know as as cliche millennial as it sounds like yolo right what i learned in the process of that i never had to default on the contract but in 2020 I niched into sales 2 weeks before we hit a global pandemic and see a 90% boom in the online space and I had had about four years of sales experience, I learned quickly that the way that I thought and talked about sales was not common. And this was before I started my podcast. I started my podcast actually in 2022, and we'll talk about kind of the journey with that. I decided that I was gonna go on this like massive podcast tour and just start talking about sales. Sales psychology was kind of in this budding place. And I was talking a lot about buyer types and how business owners could start integrating these pieces in as they were starting. Because sales had been taught from this very masculine grow marketing lens. And I was learning with my clients I was working with at the time that I had this unique thing. So I go on this podcast tour that like nobody has seen on like a lower level coach. I mean, we see it with like when people like Ryan Holiday launched books and he's everywhere. Right. But like me being a coach, you know, eight months into the industry being like I'm going to get on in an- every single podcast that I can. What I learned through that and then going through the experience of launching my own podcast is that when it comes specifically to what I teach and how I teach it, it was really needed. But when it comes specifically to the spreading of ideas and leveraging something like podcasting, the opportunity was endless. It was somebody listened to me, then they would follow me. I've had people like look me up in Spotify and listen to all my podcast episodes, like voice truly allowed me to gain thought leadership in the topics that I talk about, sales, marketing, business ownership. It also made me really confident in what I did because through specific practice of getting on these podcasts and we're in the middle of actually a podcast tour right now, I was really honing and refining this message so that I could confidently deliver it in any capacity. I can definitely say that my following on Instagram has grown and there is a lot of things that you can point to in the online industry that have directly related to not only leveraging a platform like podcasting, but also then in 2022, after taking a little mental health hiatus, getting a job, hating my job, coming back, feeling like I'm in the same place, I started my own podcast and part of it was just so that I could talk longer because short form does me dirty. It does not allow me to expand my expertise. But it's also been launching my own podcast and experiencing it It has also allowed me to reach more people. I was at a coffee date, a group coffee date on Tuesday. And the girl looks at me and she goes, I was actually listening to your podcast at the gym this morning. And I was like, Oh, please don't tell me that. And I was like, wait a minute, what podcast episodes did you listen to? And at the end of the coffee date, she looked at me and she goes, you know, you sound the exact same. And that also has been something very interesting through this process of leveraging voice of how can I take my unique personality and continue to showcase that while showcasing expertise? Because sales tends to be kind of pantsuity and stuffy and not like colorado cash. I love that.
1: You just light up when you start talking about the topic, the topic. of sales and marketing. You can see it, it, you can hear it, you can feel it. I just love that That story story. that you shared and of all the different platforms that you've tried, because you're on lives all the time, like you, you're, you're not afraid to try things. What do you like, I guess, what am I trying to say? Where do you see your, the platform of podcasting taking you and your business for this next part of your, you know, entrepreneurship journey, like this next stage?
0: Podcasting is very intimate. And I think as you continue to grow as a brand online, there is a lack of intimacy that happens on Instagram or TikTok or I've played around with Lemonade, where it's like I can truly contain that intimacy in podcasting. Mm -hmm. My brand is only going to get bigger as I continue to grow as a thought leader. My goal is always to write books and start speaking on stages and kind of do a professional sales circuit before I decide whether or not to settle down and do mom life. And with podcasting specifically, it does keep that intimate relationship because a lot of the topics that I do talk about are things that either, A, I started talking about in my broadcast channel on Instagram and leveraging audio marketing because it's only going to get bigger and having a place to really stretch it out. Or it's maybe a conversation that I've had with a client that someone who isn't in a paid container needs to hear that conversation. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle with podcasting is because you're no longer speaking at someone, you're speaking to someone without them physically being there, which can be hard.
1: Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think it opens the doors to so many different possibilities and also creates this like audio library of resources that people can kind of binge and check you out before they get the opportunity to work with you and And I think that's what's happening, right, is that you're showing off your personality. You're showing how you care and and what you're knowledgeable in. And then people are just kind of filtering in, which is amazing, right? I mean, that's what everybody wants.
0: Yeah. What really kind of of inspired me to get more into that was, so my partner that I have now, when we first started dating... In 2021, I had a broken engagement and I'm like, I'm going to get back on the horse proverbially and start dating. And when I date, I tell people not to Google me because I've done podcasting tours and because I've had publications and stuff. And I remember sitting down with him and him wanting to know more about what I did and how I did it. And me, it was a very intense season of business, which most seasons are. Me being like, well, I am on a podcast interview. I feel really good about this interview. Once I'm done, I'll send it to you. Well, what this turned into was he went into Spotify and like looked up all of these like podcast interviews and started listening to me on a podcast interview, which like saying it out loud, it felt very uncomfortable at the time. But then we would have conversations and he would understand more about my life and my business and my world through hearing it. And going through that experience allowed me to be able to showcase my business in a way but it didn't feel like me bragging about business. It's a weird dynamic when you're dating in a female entrepreneur. But I also realized that I could have that relationship with my audience that would also be 100% on their terms. I feel like a lot of marketing really focuses on how to get in front of the consumer, how to get in their face, how to get their attention. But there's also this crave with the consumer right now where there's this idea of like, they wanna have it on their terms. They wanna have autonomy. They wanna be able to pause it pick what they want to listen to. And that's where I think there's a larger conversation about this rise of audio marketing where it puts the ball back in their court. And it also allows you, you don't really have this real-time interaction, which is kind of nice when you're someone who's constantly creating. It's kind of like people can revisit that first story I told when I recorded the first episode back in February of 2022 or they can experience a more recent episode where I'm still kind of updating them on the journey. But here's some more thoughts around it.
1: Yeah, it's such a powerful relationship building tool. And I think it's undervalued on uh, what it can do for you and your business. So I love that you shared that. I know you shared a little bit about your story and journey of where you started or where you came from and all that good stuff. But how, how did you land in the sales and marketing landscape of this online business world?
0: I walked into a t-shirt shop in 2014 because I wanted a new job. I hated, I was a freshman in college and I hated the shift of the gym that I was working. In. And I walk into this t-shirt shop and I'm like, there's really no reason you should give me a job. I was an hour late for my interview, first of all, trying to manage school and all my other personal life things. And that actually is why I went back to school for business. So I was on, I dropped out that spring semester because I was, I was pre-nursing. I thought I wanted to be a nurse, which feels like a lifetime ago. And I'm so glad I didn't, I wasn't a nurse in the pandemic, but I started learning about sales and marketing there. And when I started thinking about my life, my family is really big on going to school, like college. My grandma was like, you don't have to go to college, but you should go to college in case you ever need to use your degree. And my grandma never graduated from college. She never had that opportunity. And so when I went back to school, I had taken an intro to biz course to fill an elective to finish my associates. And that's where I started falling in love with business and marketing because I was writing papers every week about the different marketing initiatives. And I got to kind of choose my own adventure. When I was about to graduate in 2016, I unfortunately lost my brother in a motorcycle accident. And that really kind of changed my perception about work. I didn't want to work for 40 years and then retire because it was like, you're, you're realizing how finite time is. And the semester before that, I had already looked at shifting into marketing and they were like, it's going to be a whole nother year. I ended up having to go another year anyways. But I finished my business degree, looked for marketing jobs, and I had a friend who she was nomadic and she was doing web design. And so I started learning more about it, but I didn't fully get into the space in, until 2019 because I was like, I'm not sure I had one foot in one foot out. You know, Can I actually make money for this? And I saw a coach hit her first 100K. And I was like, that's like a really good salary. I didn't know she was only taking home like thirty dollars to $50,000. I didn't know everything I know now. But I was like, these people are making a lot of money and they don't have to go to work. They're not doing these things. And so that's when I started doing it. When I figured out that I had something that most coaches didn't have was when my clients were getting ridiculous results. Like they were booking out their programs. They were selling out these things they were making more money and I remember having a conversation before the pandemic I was in the back seat and I was with like a mentor and her husband and we were going to dinner felt very much like I was the child and they were mom and dad and I was having this conversation uh I was only like maybe 24 25 at the time and I was like I really want to go and niche into sales specifically and start learning more and talking about sales because I had a pretty wide understanding from that four years but I didn't have what I have now. And I remember her husband turning around and being like, "We'll just do it. And me being like, it's not that simple. There was like this big name at the time who she was dominating the space and I was so scared to do it. And I was like, okay, well, I can like do it. If I hate it, then I'll just go back to business. And I flip-flop, you'll see I'll flip-flop between business and sales and marketing. Like nine times out of 10, the focus is sales. It's just what title do I fit under on think it was like divine intervention to be honest for you for me to go into sales because we go into this pandemic and it's like open season to like I can read as much as I want and I can get as much information and I just start reading anything and everything I can get my hands on about sales and sales psychology and marketing and consumer behavior and coming out of it I didn't learn how to make bread until 2021 but I did know clearly about that and What I started learning, too, is that traditional sales is taught in this lens that is really complicated and very jargony. And I had this unique skill of I can take these very high level concepts and break it down so that people can digest it. But then they can also take action on it, which means then they're starting to see like these massive results that people were just like. I feel like people, some of the conversations that were happening that I wasn't present in were, were like, how is this happening? And me sitting on the other side being like, well, it's sales, duh.
1: Okay. There's so much in that spiel. What happened with the t-shirt job? Did you get it? I did.
0: I worked for Crazy Shirts. Uh, They're based out of Hawaii. I worked for them for, I left in the summer of 2015. And I, by the time I left, uh, it was a very interesting situation. I was a very hot-headed 20-year-old too. So like, I've definitely calmed down through the years. Like I had a very hot-headed temperature. I did a winter season and then went into off-season. And during that winter season, our president, our CEO, lived in Vail. So I went from my first winter season of him catching me on my phone, not doing anything, to being one of the top sellers in the store. And then knowing the VP, knowing basically the C-suite, and they knew I was going to school for business. I feel like they were kind of grooming me, but management was very interesting. So I left t-shirts, went back to the massage world because that was my first job. And then when I went back into retail, that is when I got really, really good at sales because I was at an outlet. And so then after that, went back into the combination of massage and retail where we were selling memberships. And that's where it was like, that is where I really honed sales skills was when I spent uh, two years working for a massage franchise, selling memberships, and then being an assistant manager. But I did get the job at the t-shirt shop. That's awesome.
1: What if you could create an audio funnel that helps you build and scale in a unique way? If you're dealing with low converting opt-ins, not seeing growth with your email list, or wanting to create an opt-in that drives excitement, so not your typical PDF or checklist, then Launch With An Audio Funnel training is for you. Expect to learn how to identify and tell your unique story in a way that captures the attention of your audience. Become more accessible and meet your ideal clients where they are at. How to format and structure your episodes and ways to drive traffic to your audio feed and generate demand for your content, and even a game plan to create excitement around your audio asset. If you're interested in learning more, check out the link in the show notes. Launch with an audio funnel training might be the right fit for you. Okay, so from all of this experience that you've gained and from working with the clients that you have had the opportunity to work with if if sales isn't in their blood like it truly looks like it has been for you, how do you help them breathe life into creating that because it's part of this online journey. it's part of the space. me and you have had this conversation over and over, but I would love to hear what some strategies or tips for people that Or maybe just like, listen, like sales, this isn't my jam, but I know it's part of what I need to do. How do I breathe new life into that? What are some strategies or tips that you would give them?
0: First of all, sales isn't in my blood. I just am really, I have spent a lot of time practicing. And that's where I think a lot of people do this comparison game. And they do a comparison based on things you cannot change. Personality. There is no correlation or causation that if you are extroverted and bubbly, that you're better at sales. There's actually a reverse that uh, people who are introverted tend to actually be better at sales because they listen. The first and foremost is, it's crazy, is addressing your mindset around sales. As a business owner, you are always going to be selling, whether you are selling directly to the consumer, you're selling your team, you're selling something. Because sales at its core is communication. And that's where a lot of people struggle is they put a lot of meaning around it. You are simply communicating to a desire that somebody already has. We're not creating new desires. We're not convincing. We're not doing a lot of the things that come around it. The other piece that I think a lot of people struggle with is that You see this pinnacle of sales right here of me being really good at it. What you don't see is the missed pitches at the t-shirt shop, the time I got sent home for being unprofessional, actually, and the times where I didn't close. There's a lot of practice around it. And when it comes to sales, be willing to suck at it and to practice to then be able to grow to what you want because sales is truly a skill at its core and when you adopt this mindset of I can do it no matter my personality and I'm willing to try that's where people get successful because it feels like you're pushing this boulder uphill for so long and then one day it clicks and when it clicks it clicks for good it's not like you have to come back and like revisit because as industry changes, the core principle of speaking to someone's desire, it doesn't change. It's just how we do it changes.
1: Ah, I love that you gave that reasoning and background of what makes you good at something. And I think it's just like everything that we try, like we talked about audio or video or whatever we need to do in our business to be able to promote and create awareness and to create revenue we have to practice it because not everything comes natural. So I think that's a really, really good starting point for anyone to just be like, oh, <laughs> right, kick yourself in the butt a little bit and just get the engine rolling because that's all it takes, right? And, and business and life is just allowing us ourselves the opportunity and chance to to fail at something in order to learn and to grow from those experiences. So I think that's really powerful. So I love that. What are some common mistakes or missed opportunities you've seen entrepreneurs um in this online space do around sales and marketing
0: it's the same breath but it's on two spectrums i see over over explaining why someone needs something what the process is what makes you unique it's very much like this is kind of millennial reference but it's pick me energy you should never mm-hmm. have to explain to someone why they're picking you your your partner right, knows why right. he picked you you should never have to 100%. so i see over-explaining, or I see negativity. You need to have a happy medium when you're selling where you're clear on what the desire is and how they specifically know that they're ready to take action on it without having to explain everything around it. So that's kind of the first one where it's not clear and concise. If it's not clear and concise, the brain's going to tune it out and it's just going to be like, well, I don't really care about this. Even if it's a need, I'm going to find someone that's easy to consume and digest. The second thing is consistency and consistency in the right things. Consistency for the sake of consistency doesn't actually matter. I consistently drink a Dr. Pepper every single day. It's not going to make me money. In fact, it's probably worse for my health. When it comes to consistency with sales, a lot of times I hear people showing up, but they're not selling. And the consistent piece needs to be you are talking about your offer while you are showing up. And so that's the other piece of getting that clear and concise message, doing it consistently, because the average consumer also needs to hear something 42 times before they buy. They need to spend seven hours with you to start building a relationship. They need to have enough awareness. There is a lot that's happening inside the brain, and there's a lot of stimuli. We have a lot of stimuli happening where people aren't considering that, you know, they're not watching it linearly and being like, okay, she talked about this problem. She talked about the solution. They're kind of bebopping around. So that's the second thing about it. The third thing is, and it kind of goes in the main of consistency, is to stop timelining things. Just because somebody does something in 90 days doesn't mean you can turn around and do it. Just because you show up for 90 days and then on the 91st day no one buys doesn't mean that that 90 days got discounted. I see a lot of business owners put a timeline on something and not understanding that like you have no control of the space and time that it takes, but there's a lot of over-ownership that's happening with it. And sales is not about can you get people to buy? That is a really big misconception that if you're good at sales, people are buying. It's actually if you're good at sales, people know what you're selling and they can make the decision whether or not they can buy. It's not that you are so good that you can convince it. I remember the funny thing is, is when I started in sales, my brother was selling cars. And so there was this direct comparison. And I remember when I first I hit my first 100K, I was in this office. I remember running downstairs, my dad and I looked at him and I said, you can never say Luke can sell better than me ever again. I was like, you can never say he can sell ice to an Eskimo because I did it. I did it, dad. And. We're we're a pointing family. Y'all can see the video. We're a point. We point. I don't know where we picked it up. But that's the thing that I think a lot of people struggle with is that you're looking around, you're looking at other people's results, you're getting this direct comparison. And there are so many other things that are happening that a lot of people, they hit that 30 day mark, they hit that 90 day mark and they give up. And it's like you, one, need to revisit your message and the concise and the clarity of it. And understand, too, that it's not your job to get people to buy.
1: Yeah. And it's so important to recognize that we're on all on our own path. And it looks different than maybe the person that you're kind of eyeballing and going, oh, my God, like, if I can't make that, then what's the point? What am I doing here? And, you know, this online business entrepreneurship journey is, it's like, what, 90% mindset? 100%, you know, knowledge. it's insane it's insane so I love that you shared that the other piece that I want to lean into because I think you're brilliant at this and I want to get your perspective on what you're seeing for some forecasting trends in uh, this online space when it comes to marketing and sales I think you have some thoughts I know you always have some thoughts around this so I would love to hear what you think
0: I think going into the back five of the year is always interesting because the beginning of the year may not look the same as the end of the year, but when it comes to the consumer, we're coming out of an 18-month cycle. Mm -hmm. Problem awareness is probably one of the biggest things that I see dying and a lack of information with the problem awareness. So problem awareness popped up in 2021, which is basically saying, hey, you suck at sales. I teach you how to sell. And that worked so well. But the consumer now has access to more information than they ever have before. And with these third party reviews, aka Reddit, a lot of this information that we have traditionally gatekeeped, I've never done that, but a lot of people do, is starting to come out. So I think content marketing as a whole is going to shift. A lot of the urgency of the 24 hours before it expires or kind of the Snapchat stories effect, because stories did start on Snapchat and Instagram ripped it off and then did it better. I think that is wearing off for the consumer because they have felt so much urgency in the last two and a half years on top of experiencing basically an existential crisis while the world felt like it was ending. So I think a lot of the content is also going to shift back into the hands of the consumer and where can you have evergreen content to meet them where they're at and really focus on this. I'm going to give free value without this expectation of you buying I'm not going to run a webinar to turn it into a 90 minute sales pitch but I'm going to run a webinar to have this information around I honestly think audio marketing is only going to get bigger with Instagram releasing broadcast channels when I saw that I was like one I was like I'm so ready for this, but give me more than a minute at a time. But that is also a signal, you know, they spend a lot of time in R&D looking at what is the next thing that's going to reach the consumer that keeps them on the platform. And so while we're seeing a very rise of like everybody's starting a podcast and everybody thinks they need a podcast, who is going to stay the course with this? and be able to refine it, and be able to consistently keep their listener engaged without having a, you know, instant gratification feedback type of relationship. So to summarize that, less urgency around our marketing, more value, and then leaning into audio more.
1: Yeah, I love that. (laughs) You know, I'm always researching what's happening in audio, and there's so many opportunities with it. It's so quick and accessible to jump on to the bandwagon if you have been thinking about it to get started now because yeah I only see it growing I don't see it going away and there's so many opportunities with it so I love that you're seeing that as a forecasted trend if people want to get into your world Megan how do they find you what's the easiest top of funnel to access you
0: Start on Instagram. On Instagram, you can go link in bio and there's something called the Free Sales Society or it's the seven day story scripts. They both end up in the same place. I have an online community that is not hosted on Facebook. It's hosted in its own place where there are educational videos. There's a chat. We do pop-up Q&As. It's really a good opportunity to start dipping your toes into sales and what that looks like and how I sell and all the information around that and how you can start adopting it. If you're someone who listened to this and you're like, I'm ready, just go ahead and send me a message and we can always talk about what program works best for you.
1: Perfect. I'll make sure that's all in the show notes so it's easily accessible for everyone. Before I let you go, I love doing a few uh, rapid fire questions just to get to know who Megan is on a more personal note. I hope you're good with that. But yeah, let's start off with how do you keep refreshed and energized and ready to get back into it because not every day is a fantastic day
0: I never quit on a bad day it's like advice from the Olympians because I live where the Olympic Training Center is so I can if I have a bad day I can decide that is a bad day but not quitting on a bad day allows me to stay the course because not every day is going to be a bad day
1: hmm That's so cool. And I didn't know that about you where you live. That's so so cool. Yeah, and inspirational, right? I mean, they don't they don't quit ever. No. Their drive is not. insane. Their drive is insane. If you were to live life with a motto, because I know you're an avid reader, what would your motto be at at this stage of your life right now?
0: It's so basic, but YOLO. You only live once. You really only live once. Of course. You don't get a redo. Of course.
1: And do you, is there a book that you're reading right now that you're super passionate about in the landscape of a sales and marketing that you think people should dive into or gravitate to if they are looking for outside kind of inspiration?
0: I personally hate sales books. I read them all just to see okay. if there's a good one. A lot of sales books focus on what and why you should sell instead of the actual action of selling. If I were to pick one salesperson, though, it would be the granddaddy of sales, Zig Ziglar. You can never go wrong with him. He he has shaped a lot of what we do. But again, he even talks in his book about like, you need to go out and sell, where I think a lot of people use that as procrastination. If there was one book about business that I would recommend everybody reading, it's The Hard Things About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. He talks about not just like the good stuff of, hey, I built this company that i was able to sell and exit but he also talks about laying off people firing what it looks like when you're kind of in the thick of it and it's super refreshing when you're an entrepreneur and being like this isn't rainbows and sunshine and i'm not planning some multi-billion dollar c-suite exit
1: so cool do you this on a personal note do you have like a highlight reel on your instagram page or somewhere on your website of a list of some of the ongoing books that you are kind of in your you know repertoire because I know you read so much I just think you're just so knowledgeable
0: yeah so there is actually if you go to MeganLamley.com backslash tools and resources it might just be tools I have like my favorite books there and we're always updating it and then there is a highlight on it they do kind of cycle through and depending on what you're going through and those types of things are different recommendations for books Uh, I am just like an avid, non-discriminatory connoisseur of books. And so it's, you know, sometimes it's read more fiction and actually enjoy your life. Sometimes it's like, here's business or self-help personal development.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's really important, right? I think we should take time off just to read for pure entertainment, not always self-development. So I think there's like a fine line of taking a break and relaxing. But yeah, I will put that in the notes as well because... That would be a fantastic resource. Is there anything that I missed that you want to add before we sign off today? No, thank you so much for having me. Ah, this was such such a pleasure to have you on. And I appreciate your time so much. And I value uh, your expertise and knowledge in business and life. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes and please join the conversation over on Instagram at May and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.